This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Uh, due to time constraints, there's just time for me to let you know that George is about to do it right here in the radio. <laughs> okay, the show is called Let George Do It, and the episode tonight, The Brookdale Orphanage. Your neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Compounded Motor Oil. the slogan George Valentine hung in his office when he got out of the army with an idea and not much money to back it up. When a client shows up with a problem, George is happy. When no client appears, George is still happy. The worry department is handled by his secretary, Claire, and her brother, Sonny. Right now, George is sitting in his office when suddenly he hears a commotion outside. Claire. Hey, Claire, come in here. What's the matter, Mr. Valentine? Oh, what's all that noise about? Well, there's a crowd outside our office building. Really? Oh, I wonder what's wrong. No, it must be some celebrity. Yeah, there. They're getting autographs. Golly, look at the mob. Well, it must be someone very famous. Maybe it's the president. Or Donald Duck. I'm going downstairs to see. No, Claire, you stay here. That mob will tear you to pieces. I got it. I got his autograph. Sonny. Sonny, look at your shirt. It's in shreds. Oh, it's a little thing like a shirt. I got his autograph. Look, see? Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones? Jeepers, don't you even know who he is? <laughs> Wait a minute, don't tell me. Let me guess. I know, he's a fullback for Notre Dame. A player named Jones on the Notre Dame squad? <laughs> oh, now I know, of course. Jimmy Jones, he's an actor. He plays in cowboy pictures. He's not just an actor. He's a hero. Mr. Valentine, you know Thunderbolt, don't you? I... <laughs> I don't think I've ever had the pleasure. Well, Thunderbolt's as famous as Jimmy Jones. It's his horse. Did you get his autograph, too? Well, the crowd's practically gone. Yeah, now maybe we can get a little work done in this office. That is, uh, if you feel up to it, Sonny. Uh, I beg your pardon, but I'm looking for George Valentine. Well, you found him. Come right on in. Thanks. You're Mr. Valentine. That's right. Say, haven't we met before? Your face looks awfully familiar. You know, I was just going to say the same thing to you. Your face looks awfully familiar, too. Mr. Valentine, it's Jimmy Jones. You've seen him in the movie. Oh, well, sure, of course. Sonny, is this your hero? Sonny. Sonny. He's petrified. Jimmy Jones. 
standing right in front of me. <laughs> He's one of your many fans, Mr. Jordan. Well, that's awfully nice of you, Sonny. May I shake your hand? My, my hand? <laughs> this is your hand, Sonny. Come on, put it out. Glad to know you, Sonny. I'll never wash it again. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Sonny's sister, my secretary, Claire Brooks. How are you, Miss Bragg? Uh-uh, don't shake her hand. Look what it did to Sonny. Uh, Mr. Valentine, I've heard about you, and I'm hoping that maybe you can help me. Well, I've never failed anyone yet. Uh, sit down, Mr. Jones. I wish you'd call me Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy. I hope Claire and Sonny won't mind, but <laughs> this matter's a little confidential. It's nothing I'm ashamed of, understand, but I've got to keep it quiet for business reasons. Well, you can trust us, Jimmy. Oh, you've nothing to worry about on that score, Mr. Jones. We won't say a word. I'd die first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see, die first. Now go right ahead. Well, the trouble is the kids like me. Maybe they like me because I like them. I'm crazy about kids, George, and I, I'd never want to disappoint them. I just can't let them down. Well, of course not. Why would you let them down? Maybe you've heard. I, I was raised in an orphanage, the Brookdale Orphanage. And every year, Thunderbolt and I put on a benefit performance for them. Naturally, they expect me to be there this year, too. Naturally. And they'll expect to see me riding my horse, Thunderbolt. Naturally. George, Claire, Sonny, you mustn't breathe a word of this to anyone. You, you disappoint kids all over the world. Cross my heart. We promise. Well, go ahead, Jimmy. What's the matter? Well, I'm afraid of horses. <laughs> You're what? Oh, you can't be. Suffering cat. You see, we were shooting a picture and something frightened Thunderbolt. He shied and stumbled. He threw you? That's right, and then he stepped on me. Oh, how awful. Oh, it was an accident. Thunderbolt didn't mean to hurt me, but I was laid up for a long time. After that, I, I just couldn't get up enough nerve to ride him. Or for that matter, to ride any horse. Yeah, but Jimmy... I know it sounds silly, George. I keep telling myself that, but it doesn't do any good. Oh, sure, sure, I understand. Well, what about your career? Well, since the accident, they have a double who does the riding for me. Oh, I see. If this came out, you'd be through in pictures. Oh, that's not important. Think of the kids. Why, if they found out, they wouldn't believe in anything anymore. Well, that settles it, Jimmy. You can't make a personal appearance at the Brookdale Orphanage this year. You can't take the chance. But, George, those kids are looking forward to it. Your trouble is that you're too sentimental about kids. Now, you have nothing more to worry about, Jimmy. I'm in complete charge. I was hoping you'd say that. I'll tell them you had a nervous breakdown or something. You can send Thunderbolt with one of his trainers. Oh, but they want to see me ride him. The kids will never forgive me. Now, you leave that to me, will you, Jimmy? I'll take care of them. I know just how to handle kids. <laughs> Mrs. Martin is the superintendent of the orphanage. She's in the play yard with the children now, but I'll get her for you, Mr. Valentine. Oh, thanks, miss. Uh, just tell her it's about Jimmy Jones. I'm sort of taking charge of things for him. Oh, you know Jimmy Jones. Yes, of course. Oh, I'd love to have his autograph. Oh, uh, are you anybody? Uh, no. Nobody much. <laughs> Would you tell Mrs. Martin we're here? Oh, yes, of course. Just make yourself right at home. I'll only be a minute. Mr. Valentine, what are you going to tell Mrs. Martin? Just that Jimmy's been working too hard, and that he can't appear here, that's all. There's nothing to it. Oh, those poor kids. Oh, now, Claire, you're making too much of this. You're as bad as Jimmy. It's ridiculous worrying about a bunch of kids. He's got to protect his career. But he means so much to them. Now, listen, Claire, he can't appear at the benefit, do you understand? Anyway, the kids are more interested in seeing his horse. That's not true. Well, Jimmy can send over some ice cream and cake. That'll get him. Just... Fill up their stomachs and they'll be happy. Mr. Valentine, how can you be so hard-boiled? I just face facts, that's all. Oh, I'm going to wait outside. Claire. I prefer fresh air. 
Women. Hello. Oh, hello. What's your name? Where do you live? Well, I... How old are you? Well, hey, now hold everything. Why the third degree, honey? What's the third degree? Do you always talk in questions? What did you say? (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Look, we're not getting anywhere this way. My name is George. Never mind the rest. Now, come on. Tell me something about yourself. I've got a pet mouse. Uh-huh, yeah. A white one with a long tail. Really? What's his name? George. George. <laughs> what a coincidence. I just named him George. Oh, I see. Well, thank you, honey. That's that's quite a compliment. Do you know any games? Games? Uh, well, now, let's see. Uh, I used to play some games with my nieces. What are nieces? Uh, what are nieces? Well, uh, nieces are... Uh, well, they're... Well, the people. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I'm their uncle, see? So that makes them my nieces. You get it? I don't have any uncle. Oh, well, that's tough, honey. But I have a brother. Well, wonderful. I always say there's nothing like a brother. Why, that's a million times better than an uncle. Jimmy Jones is my brother. Jimmy Jones? He told all us kids he'd be our big brother. Oh. So now we each have a family, don't we? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, look, honey, uh, how would you like another brother? Could you use two? Someone like, uh, well, like me. Oh, no. You wouldn't like me for a brother? No. I'm going to marry you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's settled. Do you want me to teach you a game? A game? Yeah, I'd love it. We could play horsey. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, what do I do? You get down on the floor on your hands and knees. Do I have to? Well, don't you want to play with me? <laughs> okay, honey, you would. Now what? Now I get on your back. There. Give me a party. All right, here we go. <laughs> Hang on now. Hang on, honey. <laughs> Hard-boiled Mr. Valentine. Oh, Claire, uh, we're uh, playing horsey. <laughs> You make a beautiful horse. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Claire, this is the girl I'm going to marry. Oh, congratulations. Mr. Valentine, Mrs. Martin will see you now. She's in her office, if you'll just follow me. Okay, thanks. Bye, honey. Goodbye, George. See you in about 16 years. Don't forget now. Don't forget now. <laughs> Cute kid. <laughs> her office is on the other side of the play yard. This way, please. Oh, uh, miss, wait a minute. Look, yeah. um... I won't bother Mrs. Martin. Uh, you give her a message for me, will you? All right. Just tell her that I personally guarantee that Jimmy Jones will be here for the benefit. And furthermore, he'll be on his horse, too. Mr. Valentine, I have Mr. Jones on the phone for you now. Oh, thanks, Claire. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, George. What's on your mind? Now, listen, Jimmy, you can't let those kids down. Why, they believe in you. Why, they think you're their big brother. (laughs) Sounds as though you've been out to the orphanage, George. Well, now, look, you know me, Jimmy. I'm not sentimental or anything like that, but... Well, I can't have her disappointed. She named her mouse after me. Her what? Yeah. It's the first time I've ever had a mouse named after me. George, what are you talking about? Just this. You've got to ride Thunderbolt at the benefit. But, George, I told you, since the accident, every time I see a horse, I shake. What'll that do to the kids? Oh, gosh... You're right, Jimmy. No, we can't let him see you that way. You... Hey, wait a minute. 
In the movies, you use a double, don't you? What about him? Oh, I thought of him, but it won't work. He's built like me, but he doesn't look like me. The kids would get wise. Well, then all we have to do is to find a double that looks like you. It's a cinch, Jimmy. Leave it to me. Force. What's the matter with you two? All you have to do is to find a man who looks like Jimmy Joe. Well, what was wrong with Red Prescott? His nose turns up. His hair is red. Well, then what about Stanley Burns? Why, he was born on a horse. Yeah, I could see that all right. One leg's bends south and the other bends north. <laughs> what about Mr. Manning? There's a similarity even if his face is a little long. I told you to find someone who looks like Jimmy, not his horse. Oh, well, it's no use, Mr. Valentine. I give up. But it's just a simple little job. Find a man about six feet tall with dark wavy hair and blue eyes, a nose that's reasonably straight, not too much chin. A Mr. Fellow... Valentine. What's the matter? Don't you realize who you're describing? Sure, Jimmy Jones. Someone else, too. Huh? You. Me? Hey, that's right. Mr. Valentine, you do look like him. I noticed it the first time I met you. Why, you could be brothers. Why, that's terrific. Claire, get Jimmy on the telephone right away. Tell him I found his double. You really think you found the right person, George? <laughs> I know I found the right person. But is it someone we can trust? Trust? Why, this man is the soul of honor. And what's more, he's got plenty of courage. And a heart of gold. Pure gold. Say, sounds tremendous. Well, I, I don't like to brag, Jimmy, but uh, if you were to pin me down... I'd say he is tremendous. Who is he? <laughs> Me. You? Sure. Remember how familiar we look to each other? I look like you. Oh, that's where I saw you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's wonderful, George. You don't know how relieved I am. Well, I told you I'd come through with flying colors, Jimmy. Now, be at my office tomorrow morning. Okay. Thanks a million, George. So long, Jimmy. It's all set. See, there ought to be a good fee in this for me. Oh, I'm sure there will be, Mr. Valentine. Gee, for Mr. Valentine, I can hardly wait for the benefit. I can just see you dashing into the arena on Thunderbolt. Yeah, it'll be a big moment, all right. The kids will be clapping and yelling their heads off, and I'll come dashing into the arena riding on... on Caesar's ghost. Mr. Valentine, what is it? What's the matter? I just remembered. What's wrong? I've never been on a horse in my life. <laughs> Well, it'll take George a minute or so to figure out what to do in this situation. Meanwhile, I wonder how many of you folks can be sure your cars are ready for winter. In many parts of the West, wherever winter means cold or rain, there'll be an epidemic of car troubles this year. Most folks are driving the same old cars, you see, and they're bound to be a little less reliable simply because they're another year older. So here's a good tip. Drop in at your favorite Chevron gas station... And let the Chevron dealer check over your car. He's an expert, and because he's in business for himself, making you a regular customer means a lot to him. So you can bet he'll give your car the best of care. You probably need winter-grade RPM motor oil, or new windshield wiper blades, the battery may need recharging, or your tires could stand a retread job. Whatever it is, find out now before the weather gets really bad. Stop in at your neighborhood Chevron gas station this weekend. Well, George had to find a double for Jimmy Jones, someone who looked like Jimmy and could ride Thunderbolt. 
It finally dawned on all of them that George himself resembles Jimmy, but then he suddenly remembered that he's never been on a horse in his life. Now it's a few minutes later. Oh, that's fine, Mr. Valentine. That's great. You offered to take his place and you've never even been on a horse. Well, there's nothing to it, Mr. Valentine. I'll teach you how to ride. Sonny, you've, you've seen Thunderbolt, haven't you? Sure, lots of times. Is he very active? Oh, yeah, he's a very spirited animal. Oh, a spirited animal, that's what I thought. You're not getting cold feet. Oh, no, 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 of course not. But but those kids will expect to see someone who can at least stay on the top side of the horse. You've got nothing to worry about, Mr. Valentine. I'll teach you how to ride. Sonny's really very good. Our grandfather raised horses in the country. My grandfather raised cane in the city. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Valentine, we better get started right away. Oh, now look, Sonny, I... I want to start nice and easy, understand? Oh, sure. Just leave it to me. I'll have you riding like an old cow hen. Come on. Okay. Claire? Yes, Mr. Valentine. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Valentine. Shall I meet you somewhere for dinner? Yeah. Make it Joe's Hamburger Hut. That's the one place in town we can eat standing up. <laughs> Yes, sir? Something in toys for the young man? Oh, no. Not for me. For him. For him? A toy for the gentleman? Yeah. He wants a... not so loud. People are listening. Oh, I'll whisper it. Mr. Valentine wants a... He does? Yeah. Yeah, I just want him to get the feel of it. Oh, I see. Well, very well. Second down to the left. Tricycles, scooters, kitty cars... And hobby horses. Hey, you were okay on that hobby horse, Mr. Valentine. Now for your second lesson. Oh, but do you think I'm ready to ride this horse, Sonny? Oh, sure. Okay, then. Boost me up. Okay. There you go. Thanks. Now, put your feet in the stirrups, Mr. Valentine. Like this? Yeah, that's right. Press your knees in. Like this? Yeah, that's good. Now, hold on to the reins with your left hand. That's right. Oh, you look fine, Mr. Valentine. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's good. That's swell. Hang on, Mr. Valentine. Don't fall off. Oh, Sonny. I'm getting dizzy. Sonny, I can't see anything. Sonny, help. Stop this merry-go-round. Beautiful animal, isn't he, Mr. Valentine? Yeah, cute. Very cute. His name's Tornado. Oh, you. How do you do, Tornado? Oh. <laughs> Mr. Valentine, come on down out of the haymow. <laughs> he won't hurt you. Oh, Sonny, I, I... I don't think he likes me. Oh, now, don't be silly, Mr. Valentine. Come on, get up on him. But do you think I'm ready for a real live horse? Well, the only way we can find out is to try. Come on. Say, he's up awfully high, isn't he? He's no higher than most horses. Well, couldn't I try one of the smaller models first? Like that one over there? Mr. Valentine, that's a Shetland pony. You don't want to ride him. <laughs> Why not? He has a very kind face. Come on, now. Get up on Tornado. All right. Nice Tornado. Stand still, boy. I said, stand still. Sonny, tell him to stand still. It's okay. Just jump up on him. Well, maybe he won't like it. He's used to it. Go ahead, Mr. Valentine. Put one foot in the stirrup and swing the other one over. All right. Here I go. Mr. Valentine, wait. I think I'll make it. But, Mr. Valentine... It's all right, Sonny. I'm... Sonny. 
What's happened to this horse? Where's his head? <laughs> Get down, Mr. Valentine. You put the wrong foot in the stirrup. Oh, is that it? I thought there was something wrong. Now, try it again. Remember, your left foot in the stirrup, your right foot swings over. Oh, it's no use, Sonny. You can't teach an old horse new tricks. He's not old. No, but I am. Come on, now, let's get back to the office. But, Mr. Valentine, what about the benefit? How will you be able to take Mr. Jones's place and ride Thunderbolt? Well, it's no use, Sonny. I can't do it. Jeepers, I wish I could ride Thunderbolt. Well, so do I. I'd like nothing better than to have... Sonny, why not? Huh? Of course. There's our answer. You'll ride Thunderbolt. But, George, I don't get it. You do look like me, so why can't you take my place? Why don't you tell him, Mr. Valentine? Now, Claire, I'll handle this in my own way. Jeepers, Mr. Jones, please let me ride Thunderbolt. I can handle him honest. Just ask my sister. Will you keep quiet, Sonny? You see, Jimmy, I'm afraid that someone might catch on that I'm not you. Oh, do you think so? Well, I suppose there'll be reporters there. Yeah, I imagine so. And what if they find out? It'll ruin everything. Oh, please, Mr. Jones. I know Thunderbolt and I'll get along okay. Yes, Sonny's very good with horses. He's been riding since he was a baby. But how can we work it? Sonny certainly doesn't look like me. Well, Jimmy, I got this all figured out. Now, look, it's simple. You walk out and talk to the kids, mm -hmm. you know, make a speech. Yeah. Then I imagine they'll begin yelling for Thunderbolt. Oh, you can count on that. Well, fine, fine. Now then, when that happens, you say you brought Thunderbolt along, all right, but that you'd like to feel like a kid again and sit in the audience with them. Go on, then what happens? Well, then you say, uh, how about one of you kids riding Thunderbolt? Who'd like to try it? Uh-huh. Now then, Sonny is sitting right in the front row. You can't miss him. And when you say, who'd like to ride Thunderbolt, Sonny jumps up and yells, let me, mister, let me. Let me, mister, let me. Yeah, that's the idea. And, Jimmy, no matter how many kids yell, you choose Sonny. Understand? Oh, of course. I wouldn't dare take a chance on someone who didn't know horses. Now, how does it sound, Jimmy? It sounds okay, George, but you're sure nothing will go wrong? Listen to him. Now, Jimmy, I tell you, it can't miss. Why, what could possibly go wrong? children in all your life, Mr. Valentine? It looks as if all the kids in town are here. All except Sonny. Now, stop worrying about Sonny. He'll show up. But he should be here now. What's happened to him? Well, I know he went to a movie early this afternoon. Then I think he planned to buy some riding boots. Riding boots? I can't save this place for him much longer. Why can't he be on time? Oh, just be patient, Mr. Valentine. But they're getting ready to start the show. Oh, where is that boy? Well, it's not like Sonny to be late. Well, it's your fault, Claire. You should have brought him with you. That's right. Blame me for it. I always get... Oh, Mr. Valentine, they're going to begin. Here comes Jimmy Jones now. Howdy, kids! Oh, where's that Sonny? Well, I can't imagine what's keeping him. Now, hold it, kids. Hold it. First, I want to tell you how much it means to me to be here again. You know, every year I look forward to my visit to the Brookdale Orphanage because it's just like coming home again for me. Where is he? Where's that Sonny? Oh, what if he doesn't show up? <laughs> but I didn't come here to make a speech. I just wanted to say hello to all my friends, to all my little brothers and sisters. Mr. Valentine, you have to ride Thunderbolt. Oh, that's impossible. I don't even know on which side to get on. Now, is there anything I can do for you, kid? Thunderbolt! Mr. Valentine. Claire, think of something. You can't let one of them ride him. It would be dangerous. Well, it would be dangerous for me, too. Now, take it easy, kid. Take it easy. Take it easy. That's it. Thunderbolt is here, all right, but... Look, I, I'm sort of tired of riding. I want to sit down there with the rest of you, with my friends. Here it comes. How about one of you riding Thunderbolt? Mr. Valentine. Who would like 
to ride? Mr. Valentine. Come on, who wants to ride Thunderbolt? Mister, mister, here's someone who wants to ride Thunderbolt. Go on, George, go on. Claire, Claire, stop pushing you've me. You've got to go now, George. There's no other way out. Oh, now, Claire. Come on, you've got to do it. What a spot you put me in. George. George. Hello, Jimmy. How do you feel? What's happened to Son? He just didn't show up. But, George, what are we going to do? The kids are waiting. Somebody's got to ride Thunderbolt. George will ride. Now, Claire. I guess you'll have to, George. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'd like to. Really, I would. But I... Well, I just can't. Now, George. Forgive me. What are you talking about? What's the matter with you, George? Nothing. Except that I've never been on a horse in my life. Oh, I... You've never been on a horse in your life. That's right. Oh, this is a fine time to tell me. What about all these kids? They're waiting. Listen, Jimmy, I'd never be able to get up on them. But, George, them. And if I did get up on them, I'd never be able to stay there. But you said and if you... I did stay there, I'd die of fright. Oh, <laughs> I ought to wring your neck. Now, that won't help any. But what am I going to do? Well, uh, uh, tell him you just noticed that Thunderbolt is indisposed. Yeah, tell him he has a headache. Who ever heard of a horse with a headache? <laughs> well, he's a very unusual animal. A very... These kids believe in me. Well, they've been looking forward to this day for months. Then why don't you ride Thunderbolt? Me? Yes, you. All right, I will. Mr. Jones, you can't. I can't let these kids down. I'll ride him if it kills me. Mr. Valentine, stop him. Oh, Mr. Valentine, he's getting up on Thunderbolt. Mr. Valentine. Oh, I can't look. George. George, where are you? Out in the play yard, on the teeter-totter. Oh. Why didn't you stay in the arena? Well, I... I just couldn't take it. But, George, it was all right. Jimmy was magnificent. What happened? He rode Thunderbolt just as though nothing had ever gone wrong. The kids went wild. Yeah, I heard them screaming, but I thought the worst. Jimmy's looking for you. He wants to talk to you. Oh, yeah, I'll bet he does. Come on, let's get out of here. But he's anxious to see you. Anxious to break my neck. Oh, now, George. What else would he want to see me for? I was certainly a lot of help to him. Just when he needed me, I... I failed him. Now, George. Suppose you do think I'm a coward. Oh, of course not. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead. Don't hold back. Tell me what you think. Well, I think... Please don't say it, Claire. I don't want to hear <laughs> This has been a very happy day for me, George. It's a pleasant change to see you this way. What way? I don't get it. Well, you're usually so sure of yourself. But now you're... Well, you're just like a little boy. <laughs> you mean, uh... You mean you'd like to take me in your arms? Well. Well, if you have any kind of an urge, Claire, don't suppress it. It isn't good for you. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Oh, say that again. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Say that again. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Say that again. Jimmy! Ah, oh, you talk about acting. Why, well, your acting makes mine look silly. Acting? Who's acting? <laughs> Why, do you know you really had me convinced that you were afraid to ride Thunderbolt? <laughs> and that's just what you wanted me to think, wasn't it, George? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted you to think, all right. <laughs> sure, you had to trick me into riding Thunderbolt. Trick you? You know that once I got on him, I'd get my confidence back and I'd be cured. Oh, yes, of course. That's what I had in mind, all right. George! <laughs> well, it was wonderful psychology, George. I, I don't know how I can thank you. Oh, well, that's all right, Jimmy. Forget it. <laughs> Glad to help you out. George, are you trying to make me believe it was all an act? Oh, of course. What else? Why, I'm crazy about horses. There's nothing I like better than to ride on a really spirited merry-go-round. <laughs> I know that, George. But I couldn't let on, even to you, Claire. I was afraid you might give it away. Oh, you see? Sure, I had to make the act look good, didn't I, Jimmy? <laughs> Why, of course. <laughs> Why, of course. Uh, will you excuse me now? Mrs. Martin wants to say. Oh, sure, Jimmy. Go right ahead. But uh, stick around. I have something to show you. 
So it was all an act, huh? Uh, natural. Then you really like horses. Like them? Why, I love them. There's nothing I like better than a brisk canter down the bridle path. And to think that I bothered to feel sorry for you. Hey, Mr. Valentine, when does it start? When do I write Thunderbolt? Sonny, what happened to you? Where have you been? Well, I went to see Jimmy Jones and Thunderbolt in their new picture. But, Sonny, that was this morning. Yeah, I know, but it was so good I stayed to see it four times. <laughs> oh, Sonny. Never mind, Sonny. We didn't need you. We got along okay, didn't we, Claire? Hmm. Say, I'll bet I'll be able to get a good fee out of this. How much do you think I can stick him for? You ought to be ashamed to take anything. Oh, listen to her. George! Jo- oh, I'm glad you didn't leave. Come with me. I got a little present for you. A present? I was afraid you wouldn't accept any money from me, George. That would be just like him, wouldn't it, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> How well you know him. <laughs> so I decided to give you something else. Give me something yeah. else? A little present. I think you'll like him, George. Like him? He's a full brother to Thunderbolt. A horse? <laughs> of course, he's a little wild yet, but think of the fun you'll have breaking him in. George will be back in a moment. Meanwhile, neighborliness, it always seems to me, is as American as hot dogs at a ball game. Most of us can spot it right away and appreciate it, too. It's one reason, I think, why many motorists like to drive into Chevron gas stations. They're all locally run, you know. And since they're home folks, Chevron dealers are mighty accommodating. Every time you stop at a cream green and burgundy station, you know you're trading with a chap who's in business for himself, anxious to please you because his success depends upon it. And there's another point worth remembering. Every Chevron gas station carries RPM-compounded motor oil and climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline. They all honor Chevron credit cards, too. So just about everything a motorist looks for, he'll find at those neighborly Chevron gas stations. Try them when you're out for a drive this weekend. Well, next week, George finds himself in the middle of a lot of excitement. You'll probably hear him say something like this. Mr. Valentine. Yes? How are you feeling? Oh, fine. Great. Never felt better. Yeah? Well, enjoy your help while you got it. It won't last. That so? Get out of town, Mr. Valentine. Mr. Valentine, what was that all about? What was it? The same fellow who's been phoning me right along. He's still worried about my health. Stay tuned for Life with Luigi, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Luigi Basco to stay out of the clutches of the landlord's daughter, Rosa, and deal with making a claim on a broken mirror. This show was first heard in 1948. From Chicago, we invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a new comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring J. Carol Nash with Alan Reed. A year ago, when Luigi Basco left Italy to start his new life in America... He promised his mother that he would write her and tell her about his adventures. 
So now we look over Luigi's shoulder as he writes another letter to Mama Basco in Italy. Dear Mamma Mia, yesterday I find out that Italian boys very popular in America. All over, in the magazines, in the newspapers, on Steins, is a picture of two beautiful American girls, both the crazy over same Italian boys. On the bottom it say, which twin has a Tony? <laughs> But in America, Mamma Mia, everything is a big. In all the country, when a fella has a cold, is it just a plain cold? But in America, fella catches a cold in all directions. So he takes a four-away cold tablet. <laughs> Our countryman Pasquale, who bring me here and has spaghetti palace next to my antique store, he's now giving his fat daughter Rosa reducing pills. Last week, she said, take so many reducing pills, she gained six pounds. <laughs> Mamma mia, you should see her. She is the only girl who can be in two places at the same time. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm still single, and my business is all right. This afternoon, when Jimmy O'Connor, my 12-year-old general manager, come home from school, he say... Hello, boss. Hello, Jimmy. How was school today? Not so hard. Is there no steam heat in school, Jimmy? It's got nothing to do with that, boss. It's just an expression. What it means, not so hot, Jimmy? Well, it means, um, crummy. Crummy? <laughs> what that means? Crummy means not so hot. Oh, why you don't say so? <laughs> why you don't say so in the first place? Uh, we better skip it, boss. Not so hot. Crummy. Skip it. Jimmy, sometimes I think there's two kinds of English in America. <laughs> Kind you learn in day school and kind they teach me in a night school. What's doing around the store, Mr. Luigi? Did we get any mail? Sure. This morning, a postman bring me six pounds of mail. Six pounds? Three letters and a catalog from Scissor Roebuck. <laughs> He's a fine writer. Did you get any checks in those letters, boss? Checks? So who's going to send us checks? Doesn't anybody owe us money? Is the other way around. Do we owe anybody money? <laughs> Jimmy, sit down. We answer letters. Okay, boss. Here's the first letter. From Kern Silver Company. Read it, Jimmy. Uh, dear Mr. Basco, with regard to your order of November 3rd, we cannot send you the candlesticks you ordered until you send us the money you owe us. Oh. We will send you the candlesticks when you send us the money. Uh-huh. What should I answer, boss? Say, please cancel order. It is impossible for me to wait that long. <laughs> Our next letter, Jimmy. Well, this one isn't important, boss. It's only a circular from Frank Hoover and Son. Only? Jimmy, Hoover is important fella. Washington is the father of a country. Hoover is the father of a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but, Mr. Luigi, this Hoover wants to buy a two-volume encyclopedia for only $16. Write them. As soon as I get $8, I send it for first book. But, boss, what good will one book do you? Then I'll be the smartest fella in Chicago from letter A to letter M. <laughs> Okay. And the sign it, Luigi Basco and the Jimmy. What a Jimmy, boss? Mr. Hoover signs his a letter, Frank Hoover and his son. So I sign Luigi Basco and a Jimmy. You're just like a son to me. Thanks, boss. But where do you expect to get that eight dollars? Don't worry, Jimmy. Soon we're gonna have money. See this other letter? What about it? It's from my cousin Salvador, who has an antique store in Boston. 
Remember, lady, who ordered Admiral Perry mirror from me? Mrs. Ditson. She's been coming here every day. Soon we get the mirror, Jimmy, and we make a $200 profit. How do you figure $200? You're paying Salvador $200 for the mirror, and Mrs. Ditson's going to give you $300. That's only a $100 profit. Oh, no, Jimmy. I explain. When a lady pays me $300 and I pay $200, that's a $100 profit, which is $100 I don't expect. So? So, $100 I get, and $100 I don't expect, that's a $200 profit. That's not good arithmetic. It's a what? Not good arithmetic. Maybe not, but I make more money that way. <laughs> but, Mr. Luigi, what does Salvador say about the mirror? I read your letter. Dear Cousin Luigi, last letter you send to me is to come here without a stamp, and I must pay letter carrier three cents. <laughs> if you're reading this letter now, then we're even. <laughs> part about the mirror. Don't be impatient, Jimmy. Here's the more. Last week, my papa, who is 80 years old and he's not feeling too good, so doctor tells him he must smoke only one cigar a day. Papa does this, and now he's a feel worse because he never smoked a cigar before in his life. But boss, when is the Admiral Perry mirror coming? Wait. Cousin Luigi... I'm sorry, but not surprised to hear about your troubles with Pasquale. When I come to this country, Pasquale, he also tried to make me marry his large daughter, Rosa. He promised me he'd make the biggest wedding in the history of Chicago. That's why I'm living in Boston. The mirror, boss, the mirror. Cousin Luigi, I'm very fond of you, and this year, I'm sending you Christmas presents. But, boss... Is it next, Jimmy? Admiral Perry Miller is on the way. Cousin Luigi, your papa was my uncle. My papa was your uncle. You honest fella. And I trust you with my life, so Mira is coming to you COD. Hmm, <laughs> well, that's good. What's good about it? COD means collect on delivery. That's right, so I collect the mirror on delivery. Uh, you don't understand, boss. When the expressman delivers the mirror, you'll have to pay him $200 cash. Expressman? I don't owe expressman money. I owe Salvador money. Well, that's the way it works, though. You pay the expressman, and the company pays Salvador. You mean Salvador trusts express company more than he trusts his own cousin? <laughs> Looks that way. That's the Salvador. I'm so angry with him. I'm going to move him down from a first cousin to a second cousin. <laughs> What's more important is where are you going to get the $200? I don't know. First, I better call up Express Company and find out when they bring Admiral Perry Mirror. Okay. That's a salvatore. It is a finer Christmas present. But I get the $200 to pay for the mirror. Maybe when Express men are giving me COD, I give him IOU. <laughs> Hello, Miss Basco. Hello, Mrs. Dixon. I'm glad to see you. Mr. Basco, has my Admiral Perry mirror come in yet? Well, you see... I, I can't understand it. It's only coming from Boston. Why should it take so long to get here? Business is slow. <laughs> now, I've been very patient about this. It's been a month since I gave you a $50 deposit, and I don't have the mirror. Lady, I don't have the $50. I'll give it to Pasquale for the rent. Mr. Basco, really? How can you run a business that way? I don't know. It's very hard. <laughs> Please, Mrs. Dixon. There's nothing to worry about. Cousin Salvador... Hey, is... Oh, hello, Mrs. Dixon. Hello, young man. What did express uh, people say, Jimmy? 
Oh, they're going to deliver the Admiral Perry mirror this t- today. Today? That's wonderful. See, Mrs. Dixon, I thought you had nothing to worry about. They said it would be here no later than 5 o'clock. It's on the truck. You see, Mrs. Dixon, <laughs> it's a funny country. When Admiral comes by truck instead of boat. <laughs> it's about time. I'll be back at 5, Mr. Basco. Goodbye. A lady? Yes? Maybe you like to pay for mirror now? Oh, that's ridiculous. I'll pay you when I get the mirror, not before. But if you're giving me $250 now, then, Mrs. Dixon, you're absolutely sure to get the mirror. Look, Mr. Basco, I've already given you a $50 deposit. Maybe you'd like to give me five or more $50 deposit. I should say not. If that mirror isn't here by 5 o'clock sharp, then I'll thank you to return my $50. You're welcome, lady. That was a good try, boy. Jimmy, you know something? What? Things is not so hot. <laughs> National Express. Luigi Basco. I'm Luigi Basco. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a box for you. Jimmy, must be Admiral Perry in a box. If there's an admiral in there, he must be a midget. Thank you very much. Goodbye. No, not so fast. C-O-D. It's a little matter of $200. If it's so little, then don't worry. Look, mister, all I know is I've got to get $200 or the box goes back on the truck. Please, Mr. Expressman, wait for five minutes. Sit down. Here. Read the Sears robot catalog. Where are you going, boss? I go see Pasquale. Luigi, my friend. Hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. What's the matter, Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm not nervous. Uh, I'm worried. Then you come to the right to party. Anytime you got to worry, my little man, you come to see Pasquale. Pasquale, then you do me a favor. Anything, Luigi. You want something, you ask for it. I'm living only to make you happy. Then... Anything, Luigi. My house, it's your home. My bread is your food. My daughter, Rosa, she's your wife. She's an ass my wife. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. Pasquale, I'm not coming over to talk about Rosa. I'm coming over to talk about me. All right, fine. We talk about you. How would you like to marry Rosa? <laughs> How did we get back to Rosa so quick? <laughs> it wasn't easy. <laughs> All right, Pasquale, then we talk about Rosa. Fine, I'm listening with my ears wide open. How would Rosa's father like to lend me $200? My ears just suddenly close up. <laughs> Please, Pasquale, I must have a $200 right away. What the for? You need $200? For Admiral Perry. That's the matter. He loses a job? No. Admiral Perry, he's dead. Then what for? He needs a $200. I explain. $200 is to pay for mirror. Luigi, you crazy shaver like everybody else with a 10 cent mirror. Is it not the mirror for shaving? It's antique. I just get from Cousin Salvador. Stop! Who... Don't mention his name. I don't like a fella who refuses to marry Rosa. You're going to go through life for not liking a lot of fellas, Pasquale. <laughs> Luigi, what's your cousin, Salvatore, got to do with a mirror? It's a business. Salvador sends me a picture of Admiral Perry Mirror and... What was... the kind of a picture is this? You know, understand antique business. Sometime one dealer, he sends another dealer a picture of antique instead of antique. That's fine. 
Next time a fellas are coming to my restaurant, he orders a spaghetti and a meatballs. I'm going to serve him a smaller snapper shot on a plate. <laughs> is, is it like this, Pasquale? Lady, Mrs. Dixon, she see picture of a mirror, she give me $50 deposit. Cousin Salvador send me mirror, expressman to bring a mirror COD. So I need a $200. You understand, Pasquale? Sure, Luigi, I understand. All except the one thing. What's that, Pasquale? Where are you going to get the $200? <laughs> That's why I come here, Pasquale. Goodbye, Luigi. Please, Pasquale. Expressman is away. I don't give you $200. I suppose you don't sell it a mirror. Then I'm stuck. But, Pasquale, lady is coming 5 o'clock. She's going to give me $250 more. You mean she's paid $300 for what you paid $200? That's right, Pasquale. I pay you rent with a $50 deposit. Now I make another $50. You make $100 a profit. Sure. See, I'm a good businessman. You're lending me $200 now? Luigi, I'm thinking it. You see the little wheels are going around in my head? I'm a dizzy watching. <laughs> All right. I lend you the money on a one condition. Please, Pasquale, don't bring a Rosa up again. Who is it talking about a Rosa? I'm talking a strictly business between two friends, the two countrymen. I've decided to lend you the money on a 50-50 deal. What do you mean a 50-50 deal? Well, you make a $50 profit that we split. 40 for you... For me and ten for you. But, Pasquale, that's not a 50-50. Luigi, how much is a 40 and a 10? 50. And how much is a 10 and a 40? 50. So it's a 50-50. <laughs> okay. Okay, Pasquale. Expressman is waiting. Here is your $200, my little partner. And remember, I charge only the same interest as the bank, 6%. That's right. Only bank charges 6% a year, and you charge 6% a minute. <laughs> America, I love you. You like a papa to me. From ocean to ocean. Well, Mr. Expressman, I come. Here's your two hundred dollars. Oh, boss, that's great. Here's your receipt, Mr. Bass. Thank oh. you. Jimmy, give me a screwdriver. I'll Here you are, boss. There, here's a lot of sawdust, Jimmy. Now I pull out the mirror. Take it easy. Jimmy! Oh, boss, the mirror! Mamma mia! Me, Pasquale, and Admiral Perry, we all the broke! Ladies and gentlemen... In the last two days, two young entertainers have gotten their big break in show business on Don Amici's new CBS afternoon show, Your Lucky Strike. Every afternoon, Monday through Friday, from now on, Don will be here on CBS, introducing three or four promising young performers, singers, actors, and comedians each day. After you've listened to them, Don will phone three CBS listeners daily, asking you to vote on which entertainer gets the big break. Listen tomorrow and every weekday, Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to Your Lucky Strike, starring Don Amici over most of these same CBS network stations. And now for the second act of Luigi Basco's Adventures in Chicago, we turn to page two of his letter to his mother in Italy. And so, Mamma Mia, mirror is broken. 
And I pay $200 to see Admiral Perry loses the first battle. If he sees what happened to Mira, Admiral Perry goes right out and sinks Express Company. But Jimmy, he tells me to go to Express Company and maybe I get back my $200. So I go. And the Mamma Mia, they ask me so many questions. And they send me to so many different people. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article a dead animal, bird, or fish? It was a broken mirror. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article spoiled meat, eggs, or poultry? It was a broken mirror. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article a flower, fruit, or vegetable? It was a broken mirror. Mr. Basco, was the damaged article a broken mirror? If I say yes, do I get the money? First, how was it packed? Fiber box, wooden box, crate, corrugated, burlap, barrel, bale, hamper. Please, Mr. Bosco, stop me. Please, keep talking. I'm learning new words. <laughs> Are you familiar with the word triplicate? What this means? I'm going to make three copies of this report. One goes to the main office, the second goes to Boston, and the third goes to Mr. Fitch. What the Mr. Fitch does with his copy? He sends it to Mr. Hubble. And a Mr. Hubble? He sends it to the claims clerk. Who is the claim clerk? Me. That's so good. <laughs> That's a good. You nice fella. You give me the money now. I go home. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Bosco. But uh, please, I must have a two hundred dollar by five o'clock today. Sure. You see, Pasquale, he loaned me two hundred dollars. Yes, yes, Mr. Bosco, you'll get your money, but not without a certain amount of red tape. I'm in a hurry. I take a money without tape. Patience, <laughs> patience, Mr. Bosco. Patience. There are just these two forms, the exception report and the joint inspection report. Oh, Mamma mia, I fill out the report the when you give me the money. These things take time, but rest assured, Mr. Bosco, National Express will make good your claim. Are you sure? Certainly. The National Express Company has never yet failed to pay an honest claim. We're as solid as the Rock of Gibraltar, and you know the Rock of Gibraltar. If I don't pay Pasquale his money by five o'clock, then he's going to make me marry the Rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> Hello, Luigi, my little 50-50 partner. How's our little business deal coming along? Pasquale, you said it that already. What's the matter with you, Luigi? You're shaking like a little puppy in a rain. It's a bad news, Pasquale. What's the bad news? In a 15 minutes, it's a 5 o'clock. Lady comes into your store and I pay you $250. You give me $240, you keep the rest for yourself. What's so bad a news about that, eh? Pasquale, the mirror is broken. Well, that's... I... What do you say? Please, Pasquale, I'm a shaking like a little puppy in the rain. Then I'm a dog catcher. <laughs> who is the busting that the mirror? I don't know. Then give me back my $200. I know, God. Then who got? Express Company. Go back to Express Company. I would just to come back. Go back again. Company say they pay. When? After they file me in a triplicate. <laughs> Pasquale, please. Luigi, I don't want to get excited. I'm trying to be calm. Give me my money! Pasquale, I know got. Get! Where? Lend it from somebody. I don't know anybody. Pasquale, you're my only friend. Any fellow who's a friend of yours, he's no friend of mine. <laughs> I hate him myself. Pasquale. Pasquale, please. I pay you back your $200. I, I save the money from antique business. Uh -huh. I... It's a no more antique business. Huh? I'm going to break it down at the wall between your store and my store, and I'm going to make one big spaghetti palace. Oh. 
And what's going to happen to my antiques? Every Tuesday we have antique night. One antique free with a two and a half dollars a dinner. Pasquale, <laughs> then, then, then what I do? Don't worry, Luigi. I got a big plan for you. You're going to work for me. I'm going to buy you a brand new second-hand tuxedo. Also white shirt and a nice little shoestring tie. And you're going to be my French head waiter. But I'm not the French. I changed your name from Luigi to Pierre. <laughs> you're going to stand in the door and Rosa, she's going to sit at the cash register and keep one eye on you and one eye on the money. Is this your last word, Pasquale? That's my final sentence. And this, I don't take your word for it. You sign a note. What kind of note? Promissory note. What for? If you don't pay me my money by five o'clock, then you promise to marry Rosa. What do you say, my son? Okay, okay, Papa, I sign. Where you been all day, boss? What time it is it, Jimmy? Uh, three minutes to five. We spend the last three minutes together, Jimmy, huh? What are you talking about? When a clock strikes at five. Is it good to buy an antique store? Hello, Rosa. Didn't the express company give you back the money? By the time they pay me, I'm going to be a head waiter by name of Pierre. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Lasko. Hello, Mr. Ditson. It's five o'clock. Do you have my mirror? Oh, it's a long story, Mr. Ditson. You see, never I Never mind, never mind. Just return my $50, please. But I, I don't have the $50. Hello, Luigi, my friend. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. Five o'clock on the dot. Pasquale, here's, a, here's a Mrs. Ditson. Mrs. Ditson, it's really nice to meet you. Why? <laughs> Why? Because of your hard luck is making my pleasure possible. It's the happiest moment of my life. Sorry, I know kind of say the same. I'd like my deposit, Mr. Vasco. I'm going to give you the $50, Mrs. Ditson, and I'm going to give you, Luigi, a little sunshine. Rosa. Looks like a big storm and not a sunshine. <laughs> Rosa! 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 You called me, Papa! <laughs> Say hello to Luigi. <laughs> hello, Luigi. <laughs> hello, Rosa. Mrs. Dixon, it's given me great pleasure to present to the future Mrs. Abasco. <laughs> I'm glad you accept the Rosa now. It's everything is settled. Shake your hands with Luigi. Another package for you, Mr. Bersko. For me? Where it's from? Same place as the last one, Boston. I don't pay the your day for any more broken things. Come here. Huh? See? Huh? You take the $200 from me for broken a mirror. That? Sure. Look, a hundred little silver pieces. Those are Christmas decorations. That must be the mirror in the box I just brought in. And the cousin Salvador put the COD on the wrong package. Say, he said he was sending you a present. Jimmy... Bring him a screwdriver. Here you are, boss. Mamma mia. Mamma mia, I hope. Look, is Admiral of Perry Mirror, Mrs. Dixon? Oh, it's beautiful. Now you know why I wanted it so bad. It's all yours, Mrs. Dixon. Oh, thank you, Mr. Basco. Now, uh, here's your money. Thank you. 
Pasquale, here's your money. But Luigi, my friend, Now I, I tear up my promissory notes. Goodbye, Rose. Sh- uh, should I say goodbye, Papa? Goodbye, Pasquale. Hey, what do you mean, a goodbye, Luigi? Sure. You're going to tear down an antique store and make one of the biggest spaghetti palace, you know? No, Luigi. I've been thinking if you can sell one mirror and make $100 a profit... Yes, Pasquale? I'm going to tear down a spaghetti palace and make one a big antique store. Mamma mia! <laughs> Mamma mia, everything will work out fine. Lady pay for mirror. Pasquale make money and he give me part of it. Pasquale say he gonna give me Rosa for Christmas. <laughs> but I don't worry. She wants to fit under my tree. <laughs> Next week, I think I go in a record place and I make a little record of letter and I send you. Listen carefully to my voice. This way, you learn a perfect English pronunciation. <laughs> In a little while, Mamma Mia, you'll speak as good as me. Also, is a one more away here to learn English language. So next week, I send you alphabet soup so you have a good soup and learn alphabet at the same time. <laughs> when you learn a few words good, make up a sentence and write it a couple of times. I make up one for myself, and is now my favorite. It's only a few words, but the mean a lot. Goes like this. Luigi Basco is very, very glad to be in America. P.S. Your loving son, Luigi. Sure to listen next week at this time over most of these stations when Luigi Basco writes another letter to Mama Basco describing his adventures in America. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production and is written by High Craft and Cy Howard and stars J. Carol Nash as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Music is under the direction of Wilbur Hatch. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with Lights Out, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell, Paul Stringer, and Justin Eacock for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.